This week, on a very special episode of Dig Me Out, Tim and Jay visit the Capital University Music Tech Workshop to discuss creating, publishing, and marketing podcasts. Welcome to How to Start a Podcast, um, which I don't think I said the actual name, but we're going to go with that. Um, I'm Tim Benici, and from Austin, Texas, is my co-host Jason Ziak. We host a weekly music podcast called Dig Me Out. Um, we've been doing it since January of 2010, every Tuesday uh, without fail. Uh, we're on Skype with each other every Sunday night talking about music. Uh, the podcast is dedicated to 90s music. We review albums and we talk to musicians from the 90s about the albums that they put out and what they're doing now and all sorts of interesting things. So what is a podcast? A podcast is actually a webcast. It's called a podcast because of the popularity of iPods. Um, the Apple brand sort of took over. Anybody need a water? Sorry, Jay, no water for you. Oh, I got a drink, don't worry. Oh, I got a drink, don't worry. Oh. Are you imbibing at whatever time it is? What is it? Maybe. 3.32? Okay. No wonder you're so quiet. It's a beautiful 80 um, degree day here in Austin. So, it's a beautiful 80 degree day here in Austin. Oh, oh shut up. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, um, the, like I mentioned, the webcast got taken over as a podcast. They actually go back uh, before the pod, iPod existed. Um, so the nice thing about podcasts is that anyone can do it. It's a completely democratized uh, form of broadcasting, unlike radio or television or um, satellite radio or whatever have you, as long as you want to do it, and the want is the most important part, then you can do it. Um, and you can do it for yourself, and nobody can be listening, or you can actually find something that is interesting to people and uh, grow an audience. And we'll talk about not just how to actually create a podcast and why, what different um, things you should be thinking about when you're putting that podcast together, but actually how you market the podcast and the outlets for doing so. So choosing a topic and a format for your podcast, you got a couple things to think about. What's your topic that you're going to be talking about on a weekly basis? Um, what length do you want to go? Do you want it to be a five-minute podcast where it's just a brief um, sort of uh, story or antidote or some sort of something that's relatively short, or do you want to do a long-form interview podcast? Do you want to do something that's um, uh, going to have guests on? How are you going to have those guests? Are they going to be through telephone calls, Skype? Are you going to have them live with you? The example would be like the Mark Marin podcast. He podcasts, I think, um, you know, live with the, whoever he's interviewing is right across from him when he's talking to them. Uh, we are not afforded that luxury, so if uh, you know, Jay's in Austin, I'm in Ohio, and we're talking to a musician. They could be in L.A., they could be in Boston, they could be in New York, they could be anywhere. And um, from figuring out what your length is going to be, what your topic's going to be, are you going to have guests, those sorts of things, you kind of then figure out what your format is going to be. Um, are you going to do uh, totally live, start to finish, just recording that? Are you going to post it like that? Are you going to do produce segments where you're going to record audio and edit it down and manipulate it and then post it as a part of a podcast or is the whole podcast going to be like that? Um, it's trial and error. It's 
figuring out what you want to do. But the most important thing is to remember is whatever you're choosing, there's no niche too small that you can sort of hone in on as your idea for your topic. Um, we do a podcast that has a limited, we knew this going in, um, group of people are going to listen to it. People who are interested in 90s music are primarily going to be people who were either of high school or college age in the 90s. Um, some people might be a little bit younger and are just generally curious about music, and this is a way for them to learn about it. Or some people might be older and they you know, weren't listening to it at the time, and they're going back and listening to it. But the primary audience that we cater to are uh, people between the ages of about 30, 35, and 45, which is right where Jay and I both land. Uh, we were both college radio DJs in the 90s. We were both in bands. So we have an affinity for music from that era. And um, we knew going in, we are not going to be the Adam Carolla podcast and have a million downloads per episode. We're not going to be an NPR podcast and get you know, X number of thousands and tens of thousands of downloads. We're going to be a niche, and but we're going to work really hard to expose ourselves not just to the people in the United States, but all around the world, Australia, the UK, we're all um, the bands from the 90s were percolating up, uh, whether it was Britpop in the UK or a lot of Australian bands. Um, so knowing that our niche was there, the most important thing that I think for any podcaster, and Jay will agree with me on this, is that you have to be passionate about what you're doing um, if you're doing a podcast and you're not getting paid to do it, it's not your job, but you actually want to do a podcast and you don't really, not really passionate about it, it's going to show. You're going to bore the audience after a while. Let's say you wanted to do a podcast on a TV show. You want to, every week you're going to do a podcast about, I don't know, uh, Grey's Anatomy. If after 12 seasons of Grey's Anatomy, you're not really interested in the show anymore, but you're still doing the podcast, it's going to show that you don't really care about what you're doing, that you're just kind of going through the motions. Um, back when, everybody remember Lost, the TV show Lost? There were a number of podcasts that came out right around the time. That's when podcasting was like really starting to develop. And there were people who started out, loved the show. After two or three seasons, you could tell that they didn't really care anymore. The, season, the episodes weren't consistent. Um, they didn't come out on time. Um, they went from being an hour and a half really intense discussion to being a half hour, sort of hitting the general points of the show. And then they would go away. Um, so finding something you could be continually passionate about. Luckily, there was a lot of music released in the 90s. Um, so we, we joke, because we do one album review a week or one roundtable discussion or one interview, we have enough material to do easily like 30 years of podcasts. There's just so many albums that came out in the 90s. So, and we're passionate about it, so we don't care if we're going to get the most obscure. For example, a few weeks ago, we reviewed an album that was released with a comic book in 1994. It was not released on a label. It just, it just came with a comic book that was like an indie comic book. And somebody suggested that we check out the record, and we were like, okay. Um, and it, at first, we were a little, you know, this is pretty obscure. I don't know if this is going to be that interesting. But it spurred an interesting discussion about the role of um, media and iPads in comic book reading, um, and if you can integrate music uh, when you're reading a comic book, uh, could you do that? Could you have an audio, a visual, an audio content that goes with the visual content? So sometimes 
when we're reviewing an album, it's not just about reviewing the album. It's about a bigger topic that we get into. A thing to consider as a co-host, um, it's a little weird if you're just going to sit there for two hours by yourself and talk. Um, not many people can pull it off. Not many people are um, that interesting, me and Jay included. If we just were sitting there by ourselves recording an album or, re or talking about an album, it, would, it probably wouldn't last. It would probably last like two episodes. Jay and I don't always agree, and that's what makes the podcast interesting, is that we both come from sort of different... We have similar interests, but we also have different backgrounds in terms of music. And um, that causes us to have uh, not cable news disagreements, but very um, thought-out agreements, disagreements. We spend an entire week with a record. Every Sunday we record, so Monday through Saturday, up to that episode, we're listening to the record, we're making notes, and we are going into that episode with fully formed thoughts. Not just, I didn't like this record, it sucked. Or this record's awesome. It's like, on track three, I really liked the drums, specifically in this part of the song. It reminded me of this, which I really liked. You know, we're not just going in and trying to pick arguments with each other. There's actually some thought involved in what we're doing. And having someone to bounce off of is clearly important in terms of that. And then this is probably the most important part, which is, have a schedule and stick to it. Um, you're, taking up, you're taking up someone's time when you are putting a podcast out there that they might want to listen to. They have so many entertainment options. Uh, that gets said all the time, but you know, they can be listening to music. They can be watching TV. They can be playing a game. They can be doing something else. They can be on their iPad doing whatever. Um, having a set schedule where people know every Tuesday in the morning when I wake up, Dig Me Out's going to be there, and I'm going to load it in, I'm going to you know, sync it with my iPod or my iPhone or whatever, um, and that's going to be what I listen to on my way to work or while I'm at work or while I'm running at the gym, whatever it is, but they know for four and a half years now, every Tuesday morning, we're going to be there, and again, people who are not passionate, people who are not as invested, um, who don't think of topics that they can provide material every week or every month, whatever their schedule is going to be, they're going to run out of, or they're going to stay um, consistent for a while, and then that schedule is going to start to fluctuate. And instead of doing an every week podcast, it's going to go to every two weeks, or maybe it'll go to once a month, or every other month, or it'll come out on a Tuesday or a Thursday. That's the worst thing you want to, you want to know, in the same way you want to know what your TV show is going to be on, you want to know when Sunday Night The Walking Dead is going to be on, it's going to be there. You want to know that your podcast is going to be in your feed on a particular day. Can I add something there, Tim? Can I add something there, Tim? You can. Also, keep in mind that when you subscribe, also that uh, Jay, you, you just cut out for a sec. React as if there's no update in that feed. Um, they tend to delete it. So if you go a month or two months and you've subscribed to a podcast and it's not updating, and you've got dozens other in there that you're trying to keep track of. Um, you're more likely to delete that. So by being up, up to date, you're less likely to be removed. Yeah. We lost you just for like a second there, but we, I think everybody got the gist of what you were saying. Um, so this is our podcast, Dig Me Out. We have artwork that goes along with it. Jay uh, does all of our artwork and our technical stuff. He handles our Twitter feed. I handle editing the podcast, 
Uh, if we need guests, I book the guests, and I do our Facebook page. So we sort of split the duties you know, half and half in terms of um, handling the podcast. So how do you actually record? So there are some basic pieces of software that we use. One is Skype, which we're using right now. Easiest thing in the world. If you're just going to do a domestic podcast meeting, you're just going to be talking to somebody in the United States, I think it's free. Um, we talk to people all over the world. So there's a little bit of a fee involved because once you get past just Skype to Skype calls, when you start involving like phone calls, we have to call somebody in a foreign country or we actually have a phone number that people can call into. Um, if you're you know, reaching out to somebody's management at a, at a record label or a, or a band, they're not going to be necessarily like wanting to give out their phone number. You know? So we give them a number to call in on. And that way, you know, they don't have to provide us with a phone number, and then we're not creepily you know, calling them every month, asking them questions about their band. Um, so Skype is really the great tool for us, especially, because we're not in the same room together, and our interview subjects are going to be anywhere in the world. Um, you need some way to record that audio. We use a very simple app. Uh, the picture's up there on the screen. It's called Piezo, P-I-E-Z-O. It's an app that's in the iTunes store. It's like a buck ninety-nine or two ninety-nine, something like that. And it allows you, so it has two channels up there. Whatever your source, so I got my mic right here. That's one channel. Everybody else that's on here, which would be Jay for right now, is on the second channel. If we have four people on, we're doing a roundtable discussion about something, and I got somebody in Chicago, and Jay's in Austin, and somebody's in LA, and somebody's in New York, they're all going to be on the second channel. That can cause some issues in terms of the audio quality. If not everybody's using Skype, if somebody's on their cell phone, the audio quality is going to drop a little bit, depending on how good a phone they have. So when you're getting to the editing part, which is GarageBand, um, there's the uh, Skype and Piezo. So when you get to the GarageBand aspect of it, when you actually have to edit your podcast, um, that's when you are going to decide some important things. Are you just going to just post it? Are you going to just leave all the blemishes in there? If you cough, if you say a lot of ums and uhs like Jay and I do, or um, have an awkward pause, these sorts of things, you got to decide, am I going to edit those out? Or am I going to try to make it a little more condensed, a little flow a little bit smoother? Or am I just going to leave it in? It's just a live recording of what we're talking about. That's what GarageBand allows you to uh, play around with. Uh, since we're a music podcast, we edit music into our podcast. Um, we usually, if we're reviewing an album, we'll do you know three or four samples of that album during the podcast, and we'll use it as our intro and outro music. Um, and then we have a, uh, my wife does voiceover for the podcast, so she does like an intro, and then we have some like jingles that get played during the podcast, and then she does an outro for us. And the, the intro is basically like, on this episode of the podcast, blah, and then we do like a little audio sample. And at the end of the podcast, she says, you know, if you like this episode, head on over to our Facebook page, that sort of thing. So those are pre-produced little segments that I put together, and then I just drop them in for the episode. Is everybody familiar with GarageBand? Has anybody used GarageBand at all? Okay. Obviously, it's for Macs. You can use different recording and editing tools for PCs as well. Um, from GarageBand, you can export that MP3 file directly into iTunes. And from there, 
Oh, well, we'll get to that in a sec. But to actually record what you're doing, you need a couple things. You want a microphone. This is a Snowball Blue microphone. This is the most basic and easy-to-use microphone that I can think of that just plugs into your USB port there. Um, it's nice because I can stand here or I can stand across the room and Jay can still hear me. It's great range. Um, I believe that's, is it omnidirectional, Jay? Is that the term? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yes. And then you want a pair of headphones. I just brought mine. Um, you can actually get a kit on Amazon that sells you the microphone, the headphones, and a pop screen that connects, and it sits in front of your microphone, and it prevents, like, T's and P's and S's from popping on your mic, on your sound. And I think it costs, like, 100 bucks. The mic is about 50 bucks. The headphones are, like, 30, and the pop screen is, like, you know, 20, 30 bucks, whatever. That's all the, and then besides the computer, that's really all the equipment that you need. You can go crazy and you can have all sorts of other pieces of equipment in between there if you want to really boost up your sound and get a great audio recording. But what we do, this is actually all we need. So the part about getting your um, MP3 actually into iTunes and actually making a podcast, this is where it gets a little bit difficult, but... Not really. Um, so there is a uh, website that we use called Podbean, and it's a hosting site. So basically what we do is we take that MP3 that we have edited and we upload it to Podbean. I have a subscription. Um, pretty much anybody who has a podcast has to have a subscription because you need to host that MP3 somewhere because people can't download it directly from you. They need to download it from a, from a host server. And they do so using an RSS feed by Podbean providing the hosting and then the RSS feed. Let me see if I got this right, Jay, because you're the technical guy. Maybe you should explain it. The RSS feed pull from Podbean into iTunes, and that's how they get the uh, MP3? Because iTunes yeah. doesn't host it. Right, right. And the RSS feed just gives you access to those files on the server. So that feed can be put into iTunes or it can be put into any other podcasting uh, app. Okay. So from iTunes, obviously, if you've listened to a podcast, I'm, I'm sure some of you have listened to a podcast before, uh, you can either download it into your iTunes and put it onto one of your devices, or you can actually just stream it from iTunes. You don't have to actually download the MP3. Um, so we use Podbean, as I mentioned. There's a monthly subscription or a yearly subscription cost for Podbean. Since we do a weekly podcast and we have a four-and-a-half-year archive built up, we have to have a pretty big storage space. So we're paying about 200 bucks a year for that storage. There are much smaller plans. I think they start in the under $100 a year. So if you're only doing once a month, and it's going to be a half hour, you can probably host it for like 50 bucks a year. But there's going to be some of fee associated with actually hosting the podcast um, on a website like Podbean. There's a free service called Buzzsprout oh. that offers uploads of two hours each month, and they will host those files for 90 days, and it's free. Okay. So, so then, then the, so the you want to try it out. So the negative part about that is that you only get 90 days, and then your podcast disappears. Yep. yep. Okay. So, like, for us, it's important that our podcast reviews and interviews that we did four years ago are available for anybody to listen to. And that's really important because 
a lot of our traffic per month is people going, man, I haven't listened to such and such a band in, so, in forever. I'm going to go do a Google search on them. And one of, we might have done a review or an interview, and then that pulls up. And then they can go listen to an interview that we did three years ago. And then they go, oh, this podcast is pretty cool. They did an interview with one of my favorite artists from back in the 90s. I'm going to go check out what else they've done. That's, honestly, that's one of the best ways to building your audience is maintaining your archive. Because you get to do something that like radio doesn't get to do. Once a radio program you know, broadcasts, it's done. Unless you're Howard Stern, who has his archives. No other show keeps their archive of their radio show. A lot of those interviews that like radio shows do, they're just gone. And podcasts are great because you have a library for people to listen to until you decide to not host that library anymore. So this is the iTunes interface. Um, I'm sure most of you have seen it. Uh, Podbean provides the stream of the audio. And for people to download the episode, it gives you um, artwork, uh, all the normal stuff you've seen. So now you're officially a podcaster if you have uploaded your podcast successfully to a host. And you've done basically the first half of a podcast, which is you've done the podcast. Now you have to actually get somebody to listen to it, um, which is finding your audience and promoting your podcast. So as Jay says here in his notes, um, blogs and podcasts are like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, Blogs meaning, you know, Blogger, Tumblr, WordPress, anything like that. Build a web page. Use a, uh, Tumblr has a built-in audio uh, component that allows you to stream right on your page. Uh, whatever episode, whatever music, you can do music, you can do episodes of your podcast, whatever. Um, and then you need to make sure that the text that you put for each of your episodes is relevant so that people, when they're searching in Google, will be able to find your podcast and find your episode. So we tag the hell out of every episode that we do. Um, if we're talking about a band and we're referencing 10 other bands that they sound like or they had members in other bands, or that's all getting tagged. So if some guy played horns on some record and he appears on this record, we're going to tag all that stuff so that somebody can find us even if they didn't mean to. And they might decide that they want to listen. So this is an example of what our page looks like. Uh, we use a Tumblr page for it. We started out in Blogger. Tumblr offers more uh, flexibility. So in terms of having the schedule, not only do we have a schedule for our episodes, but we have a schedule for posting on our website. Um, these are a couple examples. But on every Monday, we do a, a YouTube um, or a video preview of the episode that's going to be the next day. So if we're reviewing... Um, you know, a Soundgarden record, the day before we're going to have a Soundgarden video and say tomorrow comes the Soundgarden episode. And people can post and talk about it before it comes out. Tuesday, the new episode comes out. Uh, we allow that to sit for about 48 hours, so we don't do any posting on Wednesday. Everything from Tuesday to Thursday afternoon is just all about the episode on Facebook, Twitter, all of our postings. Thursday is news of the week. We try to find relevant information to our podcast that isn't about an episode. So we'll do new albums that have come out that are relevant to the 90s. We'll do new stories that are relevant to the 90s, whether they're on Pitchfork or Stereo Gum, AV Club, relevant music and entertainment websites. And we'll link them and we'll tag them. And then on Friday, we do a preview of an upcoming episode. And it again allows people to 
know what's coming up. It's not, we're not going to surprise them and throw something randomly in the feed. They know that this is coming up, and we provide them the information to um, comment on it, uh, Facebook, Twitter, our website, or they can call and leave us a message through Skype. And it allows some interaction. You know, we'll read their comments on the air, or in the podcast. We'll say, you know, this is the episode we're doing, and here's some of the comments that we got. Uh, people are, you know, really excited about this record, or they can't believe it. They think this, awful, this is an awful record. Why are we doing it? All across the board, we get all sorts of comments. So it's really important to not just think of your website and your podcast as just a podcast, but there's also relevant information throughout the week that you can be tying into what your podcast is. So how do you find listeners? Facebook and Twitter. I know everybody's familiar with those. Um, they both start out free when you're doing this, and they provide you a great platform to build an audience outside of your website through social media. <clears throat> um, we use uh, some advertising on Facebook that we pay for. Um, I mentioned that it costs about 200 bucks a year for us to host. We also pay for our international Skype account, and we also pay for our domain name. So we're running a bill of almost 250 bucks a year, which Jay and I don't really want to pay for that out of our podcast. So the first year we asked for like donations and nobody gave us any money. We just, you know, hey, throw us a couple bucks. That didn't happen. The second year, or maybe it was the third year, I don't remember, but we said, if you want us to review a record that you really want us to review, throw us 30 bucks. Let's see what happens. And my wife thought I was crazy. Nobody's going to pay to listen to me talk. Um, and then we got 20 requests, which times 30 bucks. That not only paid for our account for the year and all of our bills, but then we allowed, allowed us to put some money into Facebook advertising. And we would see exponential growth through Facebook advertising. If we're reviewing a record and they don't have a big web presence in terms of, because uh, the album came out of the 90s, there aren't a lot of online reviews. Those were you know, print reviews that came out back then. The internet was in its infancy. So we're gonna be one of the few places there's actually gonna be a web presence for a review for that record. But they might, that artist might have a Facebook page. So what we can do is we can use targeted Facebook advertising for everybody who likes that artist's page they are going to see our post about our episode in their feed by paying, we pay, you know, 20 bucks a day for three days. So like 60 bucks, we're going to hit like, if somebody has 10,000 fans on their Facebook page, we might hit 8,000 of those fans in three days based on our Facebook advertising. Um, and then Jay can talk a little bit about the Twitter side because he handles that. Yeah, so we strategically follow other um, podcasts or blogs or even artists from the 90s. Um, we, we look at their followers and we strategically follow them um, just to make them aware of our, uh, our show. Um, we get a lot of reciprocal follows out of that. And over the years, we've grown that to, I think, about 3,500 uh, Twitter followers at this point. And then during the week for posting, I use an app called Buffer. And what that allows me to do is on Tuesday, when Tim posts the episode, I can take the episode description and break it into tweets and then uh, have those posts from Tuesday to Thursday um, at 11 o'clock in the morning and 5 at night when we get the most activity and um, make sure those go out automatically and then also be able to uh, look at how those are engaged with, so which ones are clicked on and which ones perform well. And that's our... That's an old picture of Facebook. That's like Facebook from like three years ago. But that's Facebook. Um, and then that's basically it. So, you know, figure out what you want to do. 
figure out what you need to do it, get it into a service that will get it in iTunes, and then once you do that, start promoting it. And that's basically what everybody who's doing podcasting that's not connected to a major organization like CNN or NPR or something like that is doing. So um, are there any questions which will earn you a t-shirt? Okay. So, um, if I go download your podcast, how much does that cost? It's free. It's free. Okay. So, uh, I guess in that case, then, how do you, what's the requirement for the Patreon to support it? It's the donations okay. from the, from the, we average between, um, in the last couple of years, I think between 15 and 20 requested reviews. So, at, at you know, 30 bucks a pop, that's paying for both our, our bills and our advertising. Sure. Um, is this something that you have all of your time, or do you have a job related to music, or would you? Oh <laughs> uh, no, I have a I have a regular job. It has nothing to do with okay. music. Um, Jay and I were college DJs, and then we were in a band together for ten years. Once the band broke up, and then we started having you know kids separately, um, <laughs> we just needed something to do on Sunday nights that was still music related, and we both loved. And we would sit around and talk about music, anyways. You know, I'd go over his house and we'd have a beer and we'd be like pulling CDs out of his collection and listening to stuff like, oh my God, I haven't listened to this in 15 years. What does this sound like? And then we were like, this would be a podcast. Like, why don't we do this as a podcast? Which is usually a lot of things that Jay and I do together, which is a lot, even though he's in Texas, is us sitting around drinking and going, this would actually be fun to do as a whatever. And then it turns into that. So you want a t-shirt? Okay. We only have large and extra large. Question. Yes. Yep. You can use SoundCloud. We use a secondary app called Stitcher. Um, it allows you to have an app on your phone that um, you can stream the episode from directly. And I think it's just pulling our RSS feed. So it's, it's fairly straightforward. The tricky part about that is so we, our podcast is hosted on Podbean. It goes to iTunes, it goes to Tumblr, and it goes to Stitcher, and also goes to like some other aggregators that we don't even know about. So we don't have a really great idea of how many people listen. Podbean gives us like what people pull from Podbean. It's like 5,000 a month. We don't know all those other ones that are out there. We have no idea really what the numbers are. So we do know that when we do an interview, we double or triple our listenership. Um, when we do uh, reviews, we buff, roughly know what they're going to be. Um, if they're connected to a new album that's being released, released um, you know, if, uh, if Pearl Jam's putting out a new record, not that we would review Pearl Jam because they're a little too popular and we tend to focus on obscure bands, but if Pearl Jam was putting out a new record and we did a Pearl Jam review of like their first album, we would see a much bigger increase. So tying stuff into relevantly... Things that are relevant to now is important. Uh, actually, the, the last class, we interviewed a guy in a band in January. The band had broken up 15 years ago. They were not popular when they broke up. In the 15 years between, a lot of bands formed that cited them as an influence and said, I loved this band. They were called Failure. I don't think anybody knows who knew Okay, it's a great name for a band if you want to fail, right? So they were called Failure. They put out three records in the 90s on major labels. Nobody bought them. They broke up. 
they all went their separate ways, and then a couple years ago, they got back together, started making music again. When they got back together, because, you know, so-and-so from Blink-182 said he loved failure, uh, Haley Williams from Paramore said, I love failure, uh, Maynard James Keenan from Tool said, I love failure, all of a sudden, all this huge fan base built up around failure, and they got back together, and their Facebook page exploded. Their Twitter account exploded. Rolling Stone was writing about them. Spin was writing about them. And we got an interview with the drummer, and our listenership went through the roof because all these people were like, oh my God, I've heard about this band. And I, you know, this is one of the few audio interviews that he's done as opposed to doing print interviews and website interviews. So we could do a long form, two hour long interview, cover everything. Why did the band break up? What was it like recording this record? Blah, blah, blah. You know, all the stuff that went on. And um, it allowed us to do a, you know, a much, us to hit a much broader audience than if we had just done some obscure record that you know, five people bought back in the 90s. So tying it into relevant things that are going on now is, is important. T-shirt. All right. Anybody else question? No? Anybody else T-shirt? All right. Last one. Anybody want a large? There we go. Sure. Okay, so an average review episode takes 30 minutes to review. It takes me double that time to edit it. So it takes me about an hour to edit the podcast. Um, there's about, it, Jay and I um, are not the most fluid speakers, so sometimes there's some ums and some uhs and stuff like that, or popping of T's and S's that the uh, pop screen doesn't catch. So there's almost 200 edits per episode of just pulling out that stupid stuff of uh, you know, yawns, because we do it at night on Sunday. Um, we both have little kids, so we're both exhausted all the time. And um, so about 150 to 200 edits per episode is, is on average. So half hour to record, hour to do it. Then I spend maybe, I have to upload it. I have to, um, after I edit it, move it into iTunes, then from iTunes, upload it into Podbean. That takes a couple minutes. And then I have to create the page in Tumblr, post it. That takes, you know, that's really just like, this episode, we talked about blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, here are some, and then I just kind of give some like, I don't want to give away the episode. I don't want to tell people in the description whether we like the record or not, because why are they going to listen to the episode if I'm selling them? We both hated this record. You know, if, if anything, I'll say Jay and I found a record that we both disagree on. So that's a good tease to like get the people to listen to an episode. So that's probably like 10 or 15 minutes. I would say all totaled between that and then doing the episodes or the, the posts for the rest of the week, the, the YouTube video, and then the news. Uh, the news I do on like my, my lunch break at work. Like I stare at my computer and I like find 10 or 11 articles that are relevant that week. Probably spend two and a half to three hours a week total on the podcast. Um, aside from emailing possible guests, which just, you know, I'm just on my phone and I'm like, I'm going to email Stone Gossard from Pearl Jam and see if he wants to go on the podcast this week. And then, you know, that doesn't happen. Um, that's it. Uh, anybody else? I know you have to get to the next keynote. Or I think there's, yeah, there's like a closing speech or something. So, all right. Well, thanks everybody for coming. And uh, this episode will be posted on Tuesday. So, thanks.
Jay, take a bow. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you.